Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Hilary Patzer about the difference between acupuncture and dry needling. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published five books on the topic of brain injury and concussion, which are available on Amazon. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me and my podcast at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Dr. Hilary Patzer, and her number one goal is to support athletes in achieving their highest level of performance and athletic success. She is a doctor of Chinese medicine, licensed acupuncturist, and Chinese herbalist in Minnesota. She completed her doctorate of acupuncture in oriental medicine in 2018 to deepen her comprehension and mastery for her patient's benefit. She received her second master's degree in health coaching and performance in 2020, and in 2022 received her certification in sports medicine acupuncture. She currently serves as a sports acupuncturist for the Minnesota Vikings and treats professional, elite, college, and high school athletes from various sports. Welcome to the podcast, Hillary. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you um, over the last several months. So really excited to have you here and just really share your expertise and what you do. Um, and just excited for everyone to learn a little bit more about acupuncture today. So let's kind of jump in. Today we're talking about what's the difference between acupuncture and dry needling. And I know this is a question I've had, and I know a lot of other people out there have had, and, you know, we hear both these terms and they're kind of used interchangeably. And, um, you know, what, how, where would you like to start with this? Like, how would you like to begin the conversation of what's the difference? Yeah, it, it, there, you know, acupuncture has been a term used for a long time, not as long in the U S as it has been, you know, more in Asia and China where it was founded, you know, thousands, some say 3000, some say 5,000 years ago, um, came to the U S we have found some research that it actually came during the civil war that there, that there is history um, showing the use of acupuncture. So it does date back a long time in America as well, but not as much as hot topic items and kind of on the forefront. That's more allopathic um, medicine. So Western medicine, and then, um, you know, kind of PTs have come in there, physical therapists, and then chiropractic um, medicine as well has sort of been the larger topics here in America over acupuncture. Acupuncture is, um, I think, generating some, um, some movement and um, kind of becoming more of a term that that more surgeons, doctors, and lay people use and understand, um, and then comes in dry needling, which I think really confuses people on what it is, how it's used, how is it different than acupuncture? Why would I do dry needling versus why would I do acupuncture? 
Um, and so where would I like to start today? I mean, <laughs> we could talk, you know, I'm very passionate about what I do and the medicine that I've spent close to, you know, over 15 years studying, you know, I, I am a sports acupuncturist, but you know, sometimes I'll use sports acupuncturist. Sometimes I'll just use acupuncturist interchangeably. Um, but I've, I've been an acupuncturist for over 15 years and it is who I am. Like you can't separate it from me. You can't, (laughs) you know, it, it is the same as me saying I'm a woman. Like I, I can't think differently than being a woman. It is who I am. It's who I embody. And that's acupuncture for me. I've really embraced it and brought it into my life. Um, so I think where I I'd like to start is just kind of a, on the surface of acupuncture versus dry needling. And so they're kind of similar in a lot of ways and they're really different in a lot of ways. And so I want to stay really factual in, in this conversation that we're going to have just, you know, so that you can kind of reiterate and, and think through who you'd like to see and who you'd like to true from a factual standpoint versus an emotional standpoint that, that many people can kind of get into. Um, so I have, over five and a half years of education with my doctorate in, you know, acupuncture and Chinese medicine specifically. And then I've done another 400 hours in sports medicine, acupuncture. So you're looking at a lot of years of studying this amazing medicine, what the needles do, how they do it, where they go, what the anatomy is. So you don't do any damage, you know, the energy of the body, but the nervous system, the hormonal system, you know, as I mentioned, the muscular skeletal system, all of that is in our training that we did. Um, and then you talk about the education for dry needling, which is honestly a weekend course or maybe two. So it's a very, very small amount of training. Um, and they, the reason it's so small, I think, is because they believe that they just need to show the um, use of the needle in the anatomy that the, 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 the physical therapists and the chiros that are mostly doing dry needling, they already have a really good idea of, of the anatomy. And so they're just saying, oh, well, you can just put a needle in there. They're missing the entire connection of the body with the needle, with the energy, with the flow of everything, the hormonal system, the nervous system, all of that. And really kind of going into, it does this and it only does this. And we're going to treat very, you know, microscopically in the way that you think, acupuncture is this huge broad term and we have so many different things cupping electroacupuncture dietary therapy um um gua sha that's scraping all of manual therapy in our medicine and this is just using the needle as a tool where we use the needle as this really powerful overarching medicine and it's one of the many tools we use but it is also the most probably used and popular tool that we use. Um, so that's kind of a difference in the education and the amount of knowledge. Um, I like to say I wear contacts. I see that you wear glasses just because I can put my contacts in my eye doesn't make me an optometrist. That's <laughs> right. sort of the different level of education and, and knowledge in how powerful that little filiform needle can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, talking about acupuncture has really come to popularity in what, like last maybe five to 10 years. Like it just feels like it kind of exploded, um, in, in the wellness world, um, as, as a, as a treatment option. Um, 
And I know I've had acupuncture done um, by a, a licensed acupuncturist, Chinese medicine doctor. Um, and it's, it's powerful. And I mean, maybe let's talk a little bit about the background of acupuncture and, and moving energy and, you know, the nervous system and how it all connects with what you do. Yeah. So when I, you know, when I first started to learn acupuncture, so I skied on the U S cross country ski team and I overtrained training for the Olympics and, um, it was devastating to me, totally knocked my knees out from under me. And my mom suggested that I start to get acupuncture and I didn't know what it was at all. Um, maybe I knew that it had needles. I can't actually remember because again, acupuncture is now a part of me. So I can't remember yeah. what I thought of it back before I really had, you know, integrated it into my life. Um, but I was like, sure. I mean, I'll do anything which is kind of how a lot of people find us. Nothing else has worked. So I'll try yeah. this. It's one of um, the last resorts. Yeah. yeah. I, and I heard a statistic that people will try 15 different modalities before they find acupuncture. And it's not necessarily that they're, they're scared because some people are scared of needles and it's not necessarily that it's just that they don't know about it. So I'm glad that we're talking about it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's heart wrenching to me because do you know that probably of those you know, the, the population that we're talking about that waited so long or just didn't know about acupuncture or get introduced to it, probably 98% of those people, like I have completely helped. So I don't use right. the word cure, um, but their pain is gone. It's manageable. Yeah. They're back doing what they wanted to be doing. Their digestive system is better. Their stress is better. Their sleep is better. Like all of these things and they go, why, why did it take me so long to find yes. you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's so many different things that the universe might say, but you did. So let's just go with that. Let's just stay with, you did find it. And now your life will be substantially different and improved from then. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, we do work with the energy of the body. Like that is something that we were trained in. It's the yin, the yang, the chi, um, which is, you know, as Einstein would describe it, that's the energy. Everything has energy. And so that's kind of the electrons, the chi, the energy, the life force of the body. But that's something that I work anatomically with as well. So I am more of an anatomical, you know, sports medicine acupuncturist. So I'm not doing as much with the energy of the body, which is something that I think we've been sort of pushed into the corner saying acupuncture only does energy. So I want to be very clear right now that we do not just work with the energy of the body, but it is one of the really powerful tools that we have is that we understand the energy and the flow of energy in the body. And so we get to use that to our benefit, but it's like the cherry or the whipped cream and the cherry on top with <laughs> sprinkles. It's a big part, but my acupuncture, um, kind of where I enter into it and, and the way I think about acupuncture is very anatomical, very, um, bones and muscles and the nervous system, you know, and cartilage and the connective tissue. That's really where I enter the body. And then I get to layer energy on. So when we've gotten kind of pigeonholed into being like acupuncture doesn't work with anatomy, it only acupuncturists don't know anatomy. They only know the, the energy that's simply so false. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's a bit offensive to me who spent, you know, the better part of, you know, six years studying anatomy and how the muscles react to, you know, a needle going in. Um, so that's kind of how we layer it. Um, and I can't speak for the layering of dry needling. I have taken one course in it. Um, probably eight years ago, I was curious. And so I flew to Maryland to take a dry needling course to see what they were teaching. Um, and it was very much practice on a little ball, stick a needle in it. Here's a box of needles, you know, after we sort of did a little anatomy work and needled each other, now go needle as many people as you can. And I honestly, when I left that class, I couldn't walk for almost a week because they had damaged my calf muscles so much. And I'm not even lying. Like I'm not even exaggerating right now. And I didn't say anything because I didn't want to scare them to the fact that like, this was really hurting, but you know, you know me, I'm a runner. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, right. Am I going to be okay? Because they just don't understand the power of that needle and that you don't have to go in and destroy the tissue by triggering it to death. Like I, I like to sneak in the back door and dry needling barges in that front door. And I like to work with the body. I don't do things to the body because if I'm not working synergistically with your body and your system, you're not going to heal you're going to kick me out and you're going to have a lot more trauma and a lot more damage and a lot more pain. Um, so it's this really amazing, I feel so honored when I get to work with people and I get to be their teammate and their partner because it's a very vulnerable place to be on my table and trusting me to insert a needle into you. And so I really want to work with the person and pay attention to how they're responding and what they're doing. And I don't want them clinching and like barely able to make it and then sore for five days. That's not my intention. My intention is minimal soreness, maximum results. And I also really like to, and let's talk about it, the um, sympathetic versus the parasympathetic nervous system. So you're a yogi, you understand that, you know, when you're in the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest versus the sympathetic nervous system, you know, fight or flight. Yeah. So acupuncture with those first few needles that we do systemically around the body, really taps into that parasympathetic nervous system. And I truly believe that without that, minimal healing can happen because you're always on guard. Your body, your cell, your nervous system, your hormones, your muscles, everything is like sitting there frozen, ready to fight. But if you're laying there and you're relaxed and you're trusting and you're in that parasympathetic nervous system, you know, even when I say the word, like my voice drops, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system is that really beautiful bath of energy and, you know, kind of that in between sleep and awake and happiness and warmth and all of that. That's when the healing can really occur. Um, but the healing can occur when you're like, got your fist yes. up and you're ready to fight and you got your guns pulled because somebody's hurting you. Somebody's going in and really trying like to, aggressively yeah. treating you. Um, I, I just have a fun story to kind of back up what you're saying. Um, I, I was at my acupuncturist and, um, my resting heart rate is in the nineties. I have a high resting heart rate and I mean, it never, even when I'm sleeping, the lowest it goes is like 78. And 
um, my session, what was it, about a half hour? I think I laid there with the needles in and I looked, I had my, wa- my Apple watch on and that evening I was just kind of looking back. I kind of checked what my day was like. And during that time I was on her table, my heart rate was in the fifties. That That's never unbelievable. Happened. And it wasn't just one time. It was like every time I went to her, it would be like in the 50s while I'm laying on her table. And I'm like, what? I thought it was like a fluke, but it nope, it was every time. Yeah. So I, you know, you mentioned that I'm the official sports acupuncturist for the Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings, which we're in the playoffs. Go Vikes. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. My players and, and many people out there might know the whoop which, you know, is, is a wrist device Mm -hmm. yeah, to monitor kind of your biorhythms and your heart rate and stuff. Many of the players, and these are people who are high extreme, like high energy, you know, but they're also really good at coming down. But, um, when they're on my table privately, you know, when they come see me privately, not when I'm treating at the facility and there's a lot of energy going on, that's right. much harder to get parasympathetic then versus in a quiet room. Um, they will clock in, maybe they're on the table for 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much I have to do. And they clock on their whoop, a two hour nap because oh, their wow. parasympathetic nervous system kicks in and they just recovered like they had a 2 hour nap how amazing is that that's science right mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. science um and the fact that we have this technology on us to like measure that that's so cool yeah so it's very there you know there we can talk about the anatomy and I love that because I know the anatomy. I love it. You know, my husband is an athletic trainer, you know, all of this, but, but also that parasympathetic nervous system. Like I prefer to talk that versus the energy, the energy is so big and so broad, but let's talk about the parasympathetic nervous system, which is again, a fact it's, it's studied, it's provable. You can talk about it, right? There's research. Yeah. And I I think, you know, that I had a brain injury in 2014. So I'm a big advocate in the brain injury world. And after brain injury, you are kind of stuck in fight or flight. Like you can't turn that switch off. And that is probably the biggest lingering problem for the majority of people. And it's, it's just a matter of trying to get you back into the parasympathetic and getting you back into rest and digest so that you're your brain can take a break because when it's in fight or flight, it constantly, you know, like it was, it's primitive, right? Like it was designed to run away from that lion that's chasing you. Right. And so your brain is just constantly overactive when you're, when you're in fight or flight. Um, And that's where I was saying too, like the average person with brain injury sees 15 providers before they even discover acupuncture. And like you said, if they could get to you as like, maybe not the first, but maybe like the second or third, even like just the difference it could have in their recovery. Yeah. It's so powerful because that, that fight or flight is where you overtrain. It's where you go into adrenal fatigue. It's where your mm-hmm. cortisol levels shoot off the roof. It's where you might end up with heart issues because like you, a high resting heart rate, you never are without anxiety. Your body feels like it's in panic mode all the time. 
you know, even people out there listening who don't have levels of anxiety or wouldn't call themselves anxious people have experienced anxiety situationally in times. It's like a train hit you. Mm -hmm. How can you recover this very, you know, amazing yet vulnerable, beautiful, massive part of our body, our brain, if you are always in high alert, you know, lion chasing me, I can't rest. I can't get my heart rate down. I'm sweaty. I can't stop the racing mind. You can't heal. You can't heal. It's like a two by four crosses your neck and there's no even blood flow going to the brain. Like everything is going to your organs and your muscles so you can run, right? So you're not even getting the blood bath, the, the nutrient bath to some of those really vital you know, organs because it's going out to the periphery so you can run. It's, it's yeah. insanity, you know, what the body can do. It's amazing, but it's also insanity. Yes. And then yes. how we don't understand the power of that parasympathetic or how we don't really utilize the power of the parasympathetic nervous system in our medicine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here we are, these, you know, us, us acupuncturists, our doctors of acupuncturists or LAC licensed acupuncturists are sitting here on a gold mine, being able to help literally anybody that comes in our studio simply through the parasympathetic nervous system, if nothing else, right? If it's not within our scope of pra- or, or a realm of treatment and our real focus, still we're able to help them. You know, it's like, the people that say, Oh, I don't have time for yoga. It's like, no, you need to make time for yoga or acupuncture or whatever it is. Because if you don't, you're just stuck in that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And I know so many, particularly my mom friends, moms of younger children, and they're constantly on the go, their cortisol's constantly elevated and they're go, go, go. Then they can't sleep at night. They don't remember things. They feel flighty. Um, like highly caffeinated. Yes. Yeah. Which adds to the anxiety (laughs) and the not sleeping and, you know, the cortisol levels like that, all of that adds. So yeah, you can fake it, but you can't fake it till you make it in that situation. In a lot of things you can, but in this one, you, you can't fake it. You have to actually pull back. Yep. Yep. You have to make the time to do yoga or to see your acupuncturist. Um, you know, like, like what, what do you recommend? And I know there's probably not a standard guideline. Every case is different, but like, what do you recommend for your regular patients? Like how often do they come in for acupuncture work? Like taking the Viking out of the equation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's super, it's an amazingly individual medicine. So Every single time somebody comes in, I treat them differently. I use different points. I listen to them. I do. I like to really dive into that interview process. That's one thing that we were trained in, but I was also a psych major and have since gone back and gotten my second master's in health and life coaching So and, and performance coaching. So I really dive into that because the body and the mind synergistically work together. And I need to understand where the person who is coming to see me is right now mentally and yeah. physically. Um, and so I will change the treatment protocol based on what they tell me and what I feel when I put my hands on them. So I do, I have, um, really sensitive fingertips, so I can really feel a lot of what's going on in the body, like both knots, but also energy and, you know, kind of watching the body, watching them really getting that feedback, really having that, you know, time together and that, that energy that's, 
that's exchanging with each other so that we are in it to win it together for that for that treatment. Um, and so oftentimes, let's just say that they have tennis elbow. Let's just use something super easy. Um, we won't talk about surgery or anything, but just a tennis elbow thing that a lot of people have. I will recommend that they see me once or twice a week or no less than probably three times in two weeks. So kind of splitting the, the weeks um, for like six times if they've had it for, you know, months, because by the time they've had it for months, it's pretty chronic. If they got it, mm-hmm. you know, last week because they went to Florida and they played a bunch of tennis, that's a different story. The longer you've had it, the harder it is to treat because right. the body habitualized it. Yep. The body has worked it into its system. And so you have to go in there and you have to retrain the body. I talk about, you give it, you know, it's looking at a map of Wisconsin, you give it a map of Minnesota. It looks at the map of Wisconsin, you give it a map of Minnesota, and pretty soon it has a map of Minnesota. It switches over. Um, But you have to retrain it when it's been a chronic issue. Usually by that time, they're substantially better. Um, I would say that within a couple of treatments, if they are, you know, really really, you know, they're, they want to be better. You know, they are committed to coming in for their treatments. They're committed to not doing the reverse dumbbell bicep curl. That's hurting their elbow. They're carrying their purse in the other hand. They're drinking their coffee in the other hand. (laughs) They're doing what they need to do. They're doing exercises. I suggested they're coming in for their treatments, probably within two to three treatments. They're probably 80% better. That's treating the body holistically as well. So what, what kind of root branch do they have? So the branch, you know, is, is the elbow as well as the root being the elbow pain. Like, did they actually hurt their elbow, but do they have enough? Are they getting enough sleep? You know, are they eating the right foods? Are they taking care of themselves? You know, how is, um, are they ever into parasympathetic nervous system? Like what is their body? What are their periods look like? What do their stools look like? Their tongue, do they have heat in their body? Are they cold? You know, are they liver cheese stagnation, which just means irritability, depression, anxiety. Well, that person's going to treat really differently than somebody who has what we call spleen chi deficiency, which is maybe they have really, really loose stools. They're hardly digesting their food. It goes to their stomach and it comes right out. There's people out there listening that are like, oh, that's me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not keeping my food in my body. We well, are not getting the nutrients. I have to treat them differently than the person who is really anxious and irritable and like, you know, oh, are you done yet? That kind of thing versus the person's like, just do whatever you want to me. I don't care. I'm so exhausted. We treat that differently because there's a root cause as well. And so I get all of that information by looking at the person and then also by talking to them. And that's something you really don't get with dry needling. They really specifically within their little, you know, box are supposed to put a needle in, trigger the muscle, pull the needle out you know, go in and do that. Dr. Janet Travell, who founded it, um, well, the first published article came out in like 1942, talking about the method of it. The reason it's called dry needling is they used a hypodermic needle without any saline solution in it. And so she just put the needle in them. That's a big needle. I can fit like 20 to 30 of my needles wow. in the, you know, in a hypodermic needle. 
um, go in, trigger that muscle, pull out. She also, at one point in a letter, recommended that nobody but medical doctors do dry needling. Um, have They have since moved into using filiform needles, which is the needles that we use, single-use single filiform needles versus that hypodermic needle. Because guess who doesn't want a hypodermic needle shoved into their body multiple times? Right. Everybody. <laughs> you know? um, That'd probably so, be a little scarier. Yeah. So when she founded that, she was a doctor, right? And so she was like, oh, look at this. I can um, release this trigger point. That's kind of where she was thinking, oh, look at the trigger point on the back goes up into the jaw. The trigger point in the low back is going to the groin, like, you know, different things like that, looking at it. She wasn't thinking of it as a holistic medicine whatsoever. And as it's been adopted into popular culture now, Okay. Sorry about that. We had a little glitch with Zoom um, and we lost you for a moment, but uh, Hillary, you were talking about dry needling and as we move into modern culture. Yeah. So I was talking about Dr. Janet Travell and how she started looking at it as a very you know, small part of, of a bigger medicine. Right. And it, and it was just release the trigger point and it might release a level of pain somewhere. And as we have moved into the modern culture with you know, dry needling, they have gone away from the hypodermic needle. They use the same needles we do, the the small filiform needles, but they only understand that release of a trigger point. And so you don't get those huge benefits of the five and a half years of studying that I've done to really understand the processes of the body, what the body needs, how it heals, you know, that parasympathetic nervous system that we've talked about, the digestion, you know, everything else that they have going on that is really, really crucial. Why am I losing my hair? Why do I have, you know, why are my eyes red? Why are they dry? Why do I have acid reflux? Why does my shoulder hurt? Why does my stomach always gurgle? Why do I have loose stools? Why do I have no stools? Why is my urine like this? All of that, that's like our Mm x-ray. That's how we can really heal versus Band-Aid. I don't want to give somebody a crutch. I want to heal them. I want to change the way that their body looks at it. As I mentioned, your body's habitualized. So it gets off track and it habitually is off track until we get it on track. So if you have an IT band syndrome, you know, you have a tight IT band and you go get that dry needled, but you don't fix the crap going on, you're going to keep having a tight IT band. Yeah. That's a Band-Aid. Acupuncturists have an ability to heal, not just Band-Aid. And our bodies are trying to tell us what we need to know, but we choose not to listen. And I think part of that is we've been conditioned by traditional medical doctors, right? Like, oh, you're having indigestion, take a Tums. Well, you're just masking it. Like your body is telling you, I don't like something you're eating or something's going wrong with digestion, but you're not, you know, the Tums is just masking. Yeah. Your gut flora is off, your microbiome, like anything like that. And we don't like to hurt. We don't like to feel, right? Like, so we pop a pill. We do something about it. But as you said, we're masking the red flag. When your baby cries, do you just shove something in its mouth or tape its mouth closed (laughs) to make it stop? Right. 
to make right. the symptom of the screaming stop. No, you coddle it. You, you soothe it. You figure out if it has a dirty diaper, if it, you know, colicky, if it's digestion, if it's hungry, like if it's cold, if yeah. it's hot, like you look into it. Our bodies are like babies. Why do we scream at them to just shut up when we should be dealing with them? Yeah. We should be listening to them. We should be wanting to do a deeper dive into them, but we just tape the mouth shut and we say, shut yeah. up. I'm not, I don't have time to deal with you. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. but if you don't have time to deal with it, then you're going to deal with a lot of disease later. Right. Yep. Yep. I can never remember the quote. There's a quote that's like, if you don't practice self-care, you'll be practicing well care or something like meaning you'll be treating the disease. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And disease is dis-ease, right? Yes. There's something wrong and you could have done something about it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's too late, right? Um, so yeah, there's there's so much here. It's such an, a beautiful medicine and I love it so much. And because I've seen it work yes. on tens yeah. of thousands of people, right? Like it's just I it worked for me and it just there it continues to to be this profound, like awe-inspiring medicine, even for me 15 years later, jaw-dropping, yeah. hit the floor, weekly kind of treatments where I'm like, wow, I didn't even think I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I'm like, I have no idea how that worked, but the way that I came together with your body, magic, you know, it was just beautiful. And it's, it's just such a amazing and, um, medicine. And I'm, I'm so honored when people trust me with their body because it's, it's truly something that we hold so dear to us and, and that we're scared and, you know, you're alone and then you come and you find a teammate and it's always, I just feel such honor and, um, excitement when people walk in our, my door, you know, and, and want me to help them. Yeah. Well, Dr. Hillary, we're just about out of time. So I want to make sure we take a moment to mention your website and how people can find you. Um, Your website is jadastudios.com. And as always, we have a clickable link in the show notes wherever you're listening. Um, But tell us a little bit about your offerings and what people um, can find at your website. Yeah. So if you go to Jada Studios, J-A-D-A Studios, uh, plural.com, you can um, read our blog. There are links to all of our social media, which has a lot of good tidbits and, you know, mental, emotional, physical, funny, you know, my, my dogs are on there a lot, like just kind of all of that goodness on there. Obviously you can book appointments. So, um, we have life and health coaching. We have acupuncture, we have sports acupuncture. We also have massage therapy, all of those offerings. We have two locations, one in Egan and one, um, in Minneapolis, um, you know, if you listen to this podcast, we would like to extend a 15% discount for your treatment. So please just let us know, um, when you check in, that's okay. You don't pay until the service. Um, and yeah, we would love for you to follow us on social media. Please reach out my email. I'm happy to answer your questions directly. You can go to um, connect with us on the website or contact us or Hillary H I L A R Y at Jada studios.com. And I just love interacting with, um, anybody 
potential patients, patients, or people who just have questions, but are somewhere else seeing somebody else. That's okay. We're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be one of our speakers at the upcoming conference in April. So, so excited for that. Oh, thank you so much for being here today, Hillary. This has been a great conversation. Um, Love learning more about acupuncture. I think it's such a beneficial modality. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity, Amy. And it was really fun to be able to kind of debunk some of the misnomers of, you know, acupuncture, dry needling, and really kind of scream about how amazing acupuncture is from the rooftops as well. <laughs> I love <laughs> so it. I love it. I love this passion. opportunity. <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their wellness journey discover this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode. Have a great day, everyone.